Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. If I want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show us that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Okay, uh, folks, how are you all doing? You're very welcome to another Irish Examiner podcast. Uh, mad weekend. I don't think I've ever seen as much hurling in the one weekend. Uh, the one in the flesh was quite, quite painful uh, for... All the castle people, uh, there wasn't too many allowed in just, uh, but it was tough going. Uh, we were very young and uh, we suffered as a result, but uh, in Clare, it's the next one really that counts. But uh, today we're delighted to be joined by, as well as Mark and TJ and Larry, uh, we have Derek McGrath with us down in the school in Waterford in, in De La Salle there. Uh, the internet is a bit better there than home, is it? Yeah, where I'm living now in, in Waterford is fairly primitive to say the least, so yeah. Internet is a bit better here in school, albeit it's a, a school that's probably facing major surgery over the next six weeks or eight weeks, given the, the recommendations this morning in terms of going back to school, you know. And come here, there, what's going to happen? If you, is there loads of work have to take place in the school? I didn't see the guidelines yet now. Yeah, well, look, I, I don't really know, to be honest, but we're, we're lucky, I suppose, in that no different than where you went yourself in Flans. We've a, we've a big school here, like 1,200 boys, huge acreage, huge you know, huge capacity, I suppose, in terms of the, the, the influx of students over the years. So we have the space, I suppose. Now, I'm down in the dungeon of the school. I'm down the A floor in my classroom, small classroom, with what's proposed in terms of a metre distance between each guys. I'd imagine, you know, it's suggested this morning that we could be, you know, we could be out in the gym or it could be the old school scenario where, where the students stay in the class and, and the teachers come to the class, you know, which is when I was a first year here in 1989, the boys stayed in the class and we came into the classroom. So you could be looking at a scenario like that or even staggered kind of intake of junior cycle students and then the senior boys coming later in the day. But look, I think there's a general, the general consensus is that people would like to be up and at it again, if you like, you know, and, and once, once we're safe and, and well, if you like. And Derek, yeah. just well, I suppose, uh, I'd be young for going to second year. I just hope that they're all going back to school. It'd be great. I think it is essential for the kids to get back to school. So whatever needs to be done, I suppose, that's important. But in relation to hurling and I suppose in GA in schools, is there any roadmap there? Like, will you be able to take these lads to, to a match on a bus? Is there, is, is there any, or is that just all to follow once the kids are back in school? Yeah, interestingly enough, now, my best mate, a guy called Dermot Dooley, plays with, played with Cool there for years now, playing with, with De La Salle over the years now, is on charge of the Hearty this year. And like, like most people in charge of the Harty, now Bugler will tell you there in, in, in Flannans, they're planning already for the Harty, you know, and looks like the Harty is going to be straight knockout, eight quarter finalists from last year in one hat, the other, the other eight in the other hat. And, you know, it, the, the anomaly there now is, is the fact that the under 20 competition is going to be run in, in the, you know, in the autumn as well, and, and the minor will be run in the autumn as well. So you could be looking at a, probably a post Christmas Harty as opposed to a, a September, October Harty, given the fact that, you know, club championships will only be finished and, now, I'm not sure of that, but it's going to be difficult. You know, that, that, that type of stuff is difficult. Do, do, you, do you co-op parents in terms of cars? You know, are you back to the old school way of every parent has two or three lads from the one club in, in their car going to a school match? Because we're just in the dark, I suppose, around that particular thing. But I think no, no, no different than ourselves. Fellas are very conscious of making sure that fellas are tying in with what's happening at club level, that they're back playing games in school. Because school without the hurling now, I know... I know there's a kind of a, we're, we're selfish when it comes to that, but school without any type of extracurricular activity, whether it's choir, whether it's music, whether it's whether it's um, hurling or soccer or Gaelic football, whatever it's, it's you know it's not a great place to, for 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 the natural holistic development of fellas. So we'd be keen on getting the boys back to the old school way of you know talking out on the side of the field, um, you know having the back to the class leagues almost you know simplifying it more so than we've done over the over the last few years. And once we have them up and at it, I think we, we'll be fine, you know. Yeah, there I see, I'm talking about talking out inside the field, I see uh, your own club there, De La Salle, 
uh, you had a little gazebo, had you, just to keep the boys dry there before you took on the, the belly saggered lads and give them, give them a warm Trimming. welcome to see the hurling. Yeah, interesting enough, I, I was up watching the boys train on Thursday night, just winding down ahead of their match against and they had a kind of a, a similar one up set up, you know, for the physio and that kind of stuff, you know, at training. And, and, and then they obviously went the, they went the whole hog on Saturday night. The, the, the sponsor there, obviously, he was getting his top and sword as well in terms of John Kelly Motors. He's been great to the club. So it was, um, look, it's, it's interesting. Actually, the photo in, in, in the examiner is interesting that if you study it closely, you can actually see Stephen or Shane Bennett. I can't make me get which one of the Bennett's he's having a right good look at. And as if to say, these fellas now, these fellas are kind of, you know, they think they're kind of above every station. So look, it's, it's interesting. I think it's, the boys were just planning in a scenario if it was raining or, or if there was a scenario where they can get together. You know, it's, if people are looking at the 15 minute breaks, how do they get together? They're looking at the half time. How do they recreate a kind of dressing room atmosphere, I suppose? And look, it's thinking outside the box and it's, it's, for me, it'll probably be followed in, in, in at other levels during during the year, you know. As 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 uh, Leo as Leo Vrecker, I know he's not much of hurling man, but he, this is senior hurling now. <laughs> for, for for the Bennets, for the Bennets, like first time up senior. This is senior now, lads. We we do that. Yeah. hundred thirty five years Dela since Belly Saga played senior. Yeah, it's hard to figure out what was going on 135 years ago in terms of the senior championship. There certainly was there wasn't gazebos anyway, Mark. No, Austin Gleason, Derek was outstanding, was he? Uh, three from play, two frees, one sixty-five, two sidelines. Yeah, look, and I think I watched it yesterday. You know, you streamed in there yesterday, so I'm commentary and all. So I watched it at home yesterday, and um, yeah, look, he looks in great shape first and foremost. I think everyone has, you know, has seen how. how how, how great a shape he's in. And look, sometimes it's hard to follow that up then. When you expose yourself in that manner, it's hard to follow it up. And he's looks looks to be in a great place mentally and physically and, and followed it up with a great performance yesterday from the middle of the field. Sitting back there in the first half, got, got a couple of monstrous scores. And look, he was all over the field. And when he's like that, he, let's be honest, he's he's up there with the top three or four hurlers in the country when, when he's when he's like that physically and mentally. And it's great both for Waterford and Mount Sign to see him like that, you know. So um, please God, will continue into the, into the autumn, you know. And uh, o- overall, there, Waterford went car- kind of according to plan, didn't it? The results, there was no real yeah. shock. Um, no, no, yeah, yeah. Look, look, and it's not been withering uh, of the assessment of anyone else, but if they avoid each other, it looks like a Valley Gunner de la Salle final from, from the outset. You know, they look to be a good bit ahead of every other team. Albeit, you know yourselves, any team can be caught on a given day. Four Mile had a great win. They were outsiders against Dungarvan. I think they had a really, really good win. You know, probably... In terms of the bet, I think they were seven to four or two to one, you know, against Dungarvan, and and they were probably the outside bet of the of, of the of the weekend. But yeah, um, looks like a bally gunner de la Salle, a good bit ahead of everyone else, and and the rest kind of playing catch up. So um, next weekend will be interesting in that the teams that obviously lost this weekend are under serious pressure when it's only a, a two game championship. Yeah, and I just, see, just a quick one, Mark. Just yep. on a bally gunner, thirty four matches unbeaten in championship. It's some good. I'd say since the days of Cross McGlynn in Armagh, it was hardly hardly known, was it, for a club to dominate for that length? Yeah, and, and do you know what, Dale? Like they're after winning twenty-two of the last twenty-four county finals, whether they won them or not. They're after winning twenty-two of the last twenty-four county finals, and you know, there's a lot of them come through a school here, and, and and the easy thing to say is, ah, numbers. They have huge numbers, and you know, and, and but they work really hard. Like they work really hard, and there's some great leaders amongst them, and and you know, they're, they're constantly kind of trying to raise is the bar every year and we're all playing catch up ourselves included in this island look we'd fancy a cutoff now if we, if we got a cutoff from this year we, you know we'd, like any team you'd fancy a rattle off but um, I think that's that's often gets lost it gets lost when, when you talk about Barry Gunner they'll be saying and it's huge numbers and you know whereas the concentration and the hard work and, and how well they're coached and how well they work and how well they're laid like the likes of Philip Manny Shane Sullivan these guys they're out of years and they're kind of they're solid kind of guys you know and um, we're all playing catch up as I said yeah, um, kind of reminds me of Six My Bridge in some ways, you know, that some lads would say, kind of like, is he nearly gone? And then you you turn on the stream and there, I, I bought that match, uh, Aerog and Six My Bridge. And just, just see how solid the same fellas that some years you think, well, he'll be nearly gone now for next year. And they come out again and they're the same. They're just solid and they get the job done. And they weren't spectacular, the bridge, in any way. But they just got the job done with 14 men, and, and uh, it's amazing. Did anyone did anyone jump out in terms of what you saw in Waterford? Maybe you were keeping an eye on Wexford, obviously, with your role with the Harriers as well. The, the county players, did anyone jump out for you? 
Well, I think the very obvious thing is that nearly all the county players are right up and at it in terms of how they're playing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and you know the outstanding players for the for the for the for the Bally Sagard are obviously the Bennets and they they performed. Jack Fagan was on fire for De La Salle with one twelve. Kevin and Jake doing very well as well. Desi Hudson two five for Bally Gunner. You know all the players are Jamie Barron six points in play last night for for. And you know there's an argument there that the freshness that has come as a result of you know we going back to their clubs I suppose for a period after training hard with the county has kind of you know freed the whole thing up mentally and they seem to be going really well now now that bears fruit you'll probably be talking about in a while I think Tony Kelly got seven points in, in Clare you know I think all the county players are producing for their clubs which is um, very well Yeah hi the game I was at was our own club uh, against Wolf Tones and Aaron Shanahar 2-9 it's <laughs> just uh, 2-3 from play you know just more we, we just we went to it because we had a few niggly injuries, we went to 13 under 21s and Jonathan Clancy and Stephen Holleran with them. And it just, you know, they had a few of the old guard, the O'Connells and um, Barry Lucknan and, and lads like that that had been around the block and, and they just kind of out most. But we had literally nobody that could compete with Chanor in the air, you know. Where, and that's, and that, you can see, geez, the county boys, you know, as I said, like what I saw, I, the matches I streamed, I didn't see the Bellier game now, but. Again, TK, as you said, seven from play. Like in a tight game, a 16 14 game, it is amazing. And uh, in Wexford, you're, not out, you're out again next weekend, Derek. Yeah, interesting one enough like that, that the team that now we played Ferns last week, the Harriers, if you like, and, and very lucky to, to overcome Ferns. Ferns kind of had all the play and we, we got there in the end. And the, the irony of it is now, Ferns, by winning their match, by two by, by three points on Saturday night. They're actually true. And our game is a winner take all game in terms of Feder, you know, on, on Friday night. So um yeah, but look, you know what, the, the, the kind of the slingshot nature of it is is, is exciting to players. But what I what I what I'm getting from the players is that there's a first of all there's no worry of relegation. The Harriers have been in relegation two of the last three years. So they feel they're kind of they've a shot at, at at anything if you like in terms of where they are. They they realise where they are, like yourselves in Care Castle. There's three or four guys that were on the Wexford minor panel last year. You, you can promote them straight, <coughs> and you're kind of without obviously taking the heat off myself or anyone. You're kind of you're in you're in a kind of a win-win situation as such. In that you know you have a win under the belt. If if, if you were look, unlucky enough to lose on 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 Friday night, you, you you could go out on goal difference or you could stay in on goal difference. So it's a winner takes all. But sure, that's what it's all about. It's it's very exciting. And now if you balance that against the Rapparees who were semi finalists last year. They lost their two opening games in seven days and their championship is over. And, you know, you could come back and you could say, Jesus, seven days is not long enough at the championship. And, and you know, you, you need a longer run at it. Liam Ryan was injured, if you like, and they, were, they had to play without Liam Ryan for two games. And then they're out of the championship on the back of seven days. So, yeah, it's interesting. But, it's, it's you know what, there seems to be kind of, as I said, a kind of an acceptance there amongst the players that there's a bit of certainty as to when they're playing in the overall debate between club and county. At least they know when they're playing. Week in, week out, and if it's over, it's over. They move on and, and they get ready for next year. So, and if, it's, if you continue, it's it's all the better. But the, yeah, my my impression of the Wexford Championship now is that it's a very even, very kind of even championship. Martin's looked to be ahead of the, the head of the posse, if you like, and, and it's even after that as such. Yeah, yeah. And you're, Derek, you're, still, you're still have that weapon, young chin. Sorry, TJ. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, very obviously very impressive. Derek, how did you find the lack of the dressing room environment? Uh, did you just kind of notice it? Like it was, we play a championship as well. We had out in the stand there, right? So it's just, it's just weird. I suppose we're all just very used to getting the bag and hopping in the dressing room. And it's a great environment because it keeps everybody tight. And those couple of minutes before you go on the pitch, you can get everyone together. It's more difficult in an open environment in the stand. I just wonder how you got on with that. Yeah, and even subconsciously you're thinking... You don't want to be balling fellas out of it in front of it. Well, you know, you kind of feel that everyone's kind of listening yeah. to you. So, you know, you're kind of, you're nearly watching yourself, which is an awful way to be in life when you're kind of watching what you're doing or watching what you're saying. You know, you're kind of, I found that the first match against Ferns, for instance, they, you know, at Belfield, it was only 150 or 200 people there, whatever, in total. And just very hard to recreate a dressing room, albeit dressing rooms are a little bit different. You know yourselves, there's only probably a minute or two where you actually really go go at them, if you like. And now there's so much bloody activation and mobilisation and, and you're getting ready. But there's still that period in a dressing room where you can actually create, I think, I'd argue with anyone, a bit of electricity, a bit of madness, if you like. No different than Anthony talked about this morning in his column, you know, with the, with the whole Lock 9 thing. Incidentally, I was, I was a... 
I was a well down the pecking order sub that day, and thank God I didn't get <laughs> for the most of the And I was just praying in, in, in my innocence as a 20, 22 year old, I just, just I hope I don't get near this, I hope I don't, I don't have to go into this madness. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you get, you're delighted when you get number 25 jersey, because back in those days, it was nearly always 16 to 21 that were guaranteed to get on, you know, it was kind of named like that, but I know I'm going off topic, but uh, yeah, look, it's, it's definitely weird. And you know what, even the 15 minute breaks are weird. You nearly feel you have to say something, and sometimes you're better off saying nothing. I say, say just leave it on the water and leave it go back out. You know, so yeah, you know, we, we, we were a bit overreacting on management's behalf. We were a bit the same, Derek. I have to say, like before the game, it, you mean, didn't want to be kind of going going mad or in the stand. But mm. then we found ourselves at half time. We were two thirteen to ten points down, so that <laughs> completely changed at half time. <laughs> and TJ, did you did you manage to stay in the field for the whole game? I did, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, spent I, a bit of time in the stand there at this time. No, 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 no. I said that that was, that was uh, last year, so no, I was fine. But uh, um, yeah, sound old, sound old ref. So this time, Alan Kelly, top man. Yeah, Alan Kelly, very good. You're the other county man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. We won't we won't mention goal scores or anything like that while we're Derek. No, 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 definitely not. No. <laughs> TJ, uh, you got there. Um, we're following. I was following you on Twitter, and I was saying you were in trouble. Uh, you yeah, were, in fairness to you, last week you said it would be Pierce Stadium. Possibly a game of two halves, and, and, and that's the way it was, obviously. Yeah, I was slagging there earlier again about that wind in Pierce Stadium. I, mean, I suppose it's, it's nearly always been a game of two halves anytime we played there. But um, I suppose, first of all, you have to get the credit Castle Gart. They got a couple of goals with a couple of points they got in the first half there. 2 13 10 down at half time. I think we were 11 down, I think, even at one stage. But look, credit to our guys. They stuck at it. And look, it's a good sign of a team. I know they've the last two counties won. And I suppose you're always kind of maybe wondering if the hunger and the drive is still there, but it showed in the second half. And again, like our county boys, like David Burke, Anna Burke, Conor Cooney, Shane Cooney, all these boys, Dermot Finton Burke, stood up big time in the second half and we got there. So it's a bit like a horse maybe first day out, winning by that short hit. You'd be hoping and expecting and putting pressure on ourselves to improve, but it's just a case of job done and move on. But you um, you probably still have about £16 pounds in hand, like the horse. <laughs> well, you know yourself, Dale, you always need to have a, a couple of pounds up your sleeve for any race or any competition <laughs> these days. Like So it's the early days. Like You can't, I suppose you can't win the county championship early doors, but you can certainly lose it. So look, we want to make sure that we get qualified. We have Sarsfields coming down the track there in two weeks' time and then Port Dublin after that. So you can't look in Galway. Everyone knows the competitiveness and the fiercenesses of that club championship. And you mean, teams are well capable of taking each other out on a given day. So you can't take your eye off the ball for a sec. So as I said, it's just a question of that box is ticked now. Let's move on. And going back, like I was in Six Mile Bridge, as I said, which would be a smaller kind of, you know, not a county ground, but be the second biggest, I suppose, nearly in Clare uh, with a sand and that. Um, how did you find your stadium with the 200 people? Yeah, it's, it, it, I said it's just very strange. I, like, I hope, and I think there should be a change coming this week for championship for the weekend. I think on clubs and maybe definitely on club secretaries and club chairmen, this call is particularly hard. I know some teams have, or some clubs have sent tickets back rather than choosing 30 or 40 people out of a club, which is a hard call to make because there's an awful lot of people who are both members of the club and doing a lot of work, be it underage or whatever, and love to go to club matches. So I think that that call needs to be reversed this week. It was strange. Probably the dressing room, like Derek there, was kind of maybe the weird... It's just... Look, we're creatures of habit, I suppose, and going to a dressing room before a game starts, that's kind of all part of the norm and part of the preparation. And It was just new and it was different. And as I said there at halftime, things went out the window. The water breaks. We were crying out for the water break in the first half, Dale, all right, because we were under the cash, right? But then in the opening quarter, the second half, we hit 10 points in the bounce and we're kind of saying, no, 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 we don't want the water break. So I think there was a bit of, there was a bit of that going on in a lot of places. Again, Alan, look, Alan, Alan, our lads yeah, are yeah, grand yeah, for yeah, water. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great to be playing. And like just we spoke about there, it was great. Like I was driving up to Galway on Saturday and listened to Radio 1 there and there, there was a football match on from Wicklow and Damien Lawler was reporting from a hurling match like more and stuff and there was other, other reports coming in. This is magic for the club players. The pitches are in great order. Like there's grass in the goal mouth, St. Pierre Stadium. Like it looks really, really well. So I think the club player, like Derek said there, for the county player, he's fresh. He's given it all for his club. We are seeing good games. The county players are standing up. It's the way it should be. And I do think, we touched on it last week, we won't have time to talk about it this week, I think 
that there has to be a realignment of the club with the inter-county season. I don't know what the solution is, but we need to get some smart people or some smart group together and the thinking needs to come out of it. But the club game for me is majorly benefiting and we will see more of that over the next coming weeks, which is great. Yeah. What, let's talk a little bit about the water breaks. Mark, from a distance, yeah. what's your thinking or, or your, your feeling on them? Yeah, I, I actually spoke to two guys who were involved with teams over the weekend about the water breaks and both of them said exactly the same thing, Anthony. They said God, it was a great thing during the course of both the first half and the second half to be able to talk to lads because look, sometimes you, you might be trying to send a message into the field and it doesn't actually get in there but when you have guys coming together in a group you can get your message across to the players and you know... An awful lot of work goes into preparing a team from a management's point of view. And you only get one chance to speak to them during the course of the game in the old days. But the, the general feeling was that, you know, getting to talk to the lads a bit more often is a good idea. And um, players as well. We also must remember that players, you know, haven't done nothing for maybe four or five months, came, have come back up and are trying to get back up to the speed that they're at. That players do need a break as well from an injury point of view and just from an oxygen point of view to get a bit of a breather in terms of the general consensus down our way is that it has been very, very positive, Anthony. Yeah. It's something, uh, Derek, we, we, we spoke about on the podcast before, that should a, a team be allowed one time out per game under the old circumstances? Now, I'm not talking about the new normal we're living in. Um, did you, I, I suppose as a manager, you'd be really voting for it. But I saw a lot on... Social media, people giving out about it. You know, that the game was in a good bit of flow. We're after seeing two or three great points, maybe, or a goal and a point. And the next thing, on a fucking water break. <laughs> and and uh, no, I was right behind the Clarecastle where when they had their water break. And you know, it was constructive for them, I'd say. But um, I, I, th- I thought opinion was mixed on social media. But as a manager, I suppose you would love it. Yeah, and it's probably all dependent on how you're going, as, as you said. Like, and, and if say, if, say if we're out of it now, like in terms of your, your roles now, if you're out of the management game, you're out of playing, you're kind of saying, Jesus, it was flowing there, is there any need for it? So it depends on where, where you are at any given stage. You know, if you're, I take it back to the Harriers game last week, we'd say, like, the boys had got it back to level. Uh, and 15 minutes in the second half, they were back level and, and the water break came. And then Ferns went three points up again after the water break, you know what I mean? So if you have momentum and you have kind of a hold in the game, how many times over the years have you seen fellas going down injured to kind of break momentum or, or you know, to pull some sort of roof? So, yeah, look, look. I think when when the normality resumes, please God, it will over the, I think it'll be a, you know, I, I'd rather keep the flow, the more instinctive nature of the whole flow. And if you like, the interesting thing for me will be not so much even at club level, at inter-county level, watching the planning around the water breaks. You know, I'd imagine the likes of Dave, you know, you know, if there's a puck out, for instance, he'll have, he might go at nine forwards for a few minutes. You know, you'd be surprised what fellas will try now on the back of, you know, say, for instance, if, if it goes dead and you have the puck out situation, you might have, you might line your backs up with seven or eight. So I think you'll see little tricks around it. You might see kind of little kind of things around it as, as the season goes on where fellas can make the most of it when they come back on the pitch. I was just watching the Port Home again yesterday. You know, I was saying to myself, at the end of the water break, is there anything you could do now to kind of, you have the possession in your hand? Would you go like with seven or eight forwards up there for a few minutes and just lob it up where you have the numbers? And so it'd be interesting to see will, will fellas come up with something around the 15 minute break, you know, as they go back on the pitch. You know, the referees didn't look to be kind of counting as they would normally when they throw it in. They kind of have a look on either side. It's just basically blow the whistle and puck it out. And I guarantee you before the year is out, we'll see something that'll be, you know, fairly, fairly innovative on the back of that one. Yeah, brilliant. And I, I, I can see TJ Ryan there, is, the mind is working already. Uh, as to the next round for for uh, Thomas says no, what's he going to do? Get the puck out, you know. We had to play with seven forwards for a while there in the second half with uh, in, in Salt Hilldale because we were chasing at number one and, and, and they had an extra man back. But just on Derek's point there, like one of the things that was strange, some of our players, it was a little bit of confusion for the restart because you weren't sure, like, where is the ball? Like, is, is it it's a puck out the far side? So that did cause a little bit of confusion because I think, again, we're, we're programmed for a throw-in restart, you know? So it's just yeah. getting used to that. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you, the gas thing about our, you know, we're all giving out the number, Mark, maybe you're saying, maybe the whole fleet of announcement about numbers being increased this week. And, yeah. and, and, and we'll be looking at maybe getting 400 uh, people in the ground. 
Well, you see in the north now, at the moment, there are 400 allowed into all matches above the north. And you also see that any challenge match that you go to, there's definitely three, four, five hundred people at challenge matches all over the place. So there's, there's no adherence to the social distancing at challenge matches. I know it's a bit more controlled with a championship game and stuff like that, but I'd be hopeful that the government will start to realise that, you know, um, particularly in the GA games, and I, and I don't want to sound like we're all GA here because, look, there's other sports involved with rugby and soccer and, and other games as well that need their, their members back. They need the supporters being allowed to get in. There. And, like, you'll see the picture on the examiner today, Dale, of Mungret and Kildima, where some uh, FLA with, with, with the JC... No, it's bigger than the JCB, I think. Like, but there's, there's, what, there's, there's eight fellas at the top of it, like, and they're getting a bird's eye view of the match. And, I mean... You know, from a health and safety point of view, and I, I saw the pictures from Wexford, but I think there was three or four fellas with ladders hanging in. So, like, the government next needs to take a responsibility here. John Horton mentioned if we lost one player to COVID-19 at the very start. I mean, if we lose one, one member or a person to an accident because there is a, a crying out for people to go to see matches. I, I think, you know, we, the government has done a great job up to this point, right? But, but and I don't care whether it's a big stadium or it's your, no, no, your normal GA pitch, I've no doubt that we could cater for 500 people at a minimum from a supporter's point of view. People have to take on personal responsibility. They can spread out all over the field. But the last thing you want is people to be putting their own lives at risk by going up in scaffoldings and going up in JCBs to get a view of a match. And I think the, the, the government needs to move on this sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think we have, we have to move this week anyway, you know, because like another massive weekend coming, Cork kicking off obviously as well. And, and uh, Probably Kilkenny, yeah. I suppose, and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, and but Dale, guessing you, about it, TJ, just for you say, guessing like was I didn't come out of the draw. I think we had nine tickets, right? Left over. Were you a member, Dale? Are you? Oh, of course, I'm a member. You go away. Member? Am I a member? You hey, you're nearly qualifying for the OAP number now. Yeah. <laughs> well, when they're putting me down, they better be a black and white freaking flag in the coffin. Anyway, I tell you that much. But, uh, um, Dale, but no, I, was I, I, I rang, I rang, TJ, I rang the chairman who'd be Niall Tui, Fergie's brother, you know, um, and I said, Niall, is there any second chance of getting in here at all? I can come out of the draw, you know, and he says, Dale, I think there's not going to be 200 there because I think Wolf Tones maybe decided that they um, weren't going to disappoint and have a draw, you know, so, and then there was a very attractive match in Cusick Park, which was being streamed live between Kinnelly and Quatlow which would have been seen probably as the biggest game of the day and turned out to be a cracker of a game. Cracklow kind of come on with a late. Having led well, Kinnelly came back and could have gone ahead. And then, so when I got, I got, I arrived down and your man says, yeah, there's nowhere near 200 gone in. Dela. He said, go on away in. Um, and when the ball was thrown in, there was, two, there was 138 people in the bridge. And I said, switch his gas, like, you know, and we all saying, we, but, but people genuinely didn't think and then tech started flying around, and we'd be only maybe you know fifteen minutes from Six Mile Bridge. And by the time half time came, they had to stop at the two hundred were gone in because people had heard you could get in. You know, just tell you the confusion levels and 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 no and, great and need know, of it. You know what, Anthony? In terms of it leads to kind of needless, you know, kind of arguments in clubs over you know who's getting tickets and who's not getting tickets. You know, you know, like no different than any. In any club scenario where you find out he has a ticket and she hasn't a ticket and you know and, and it, I know that that goes on in every club and, and it's welcome at times to cheat her and chatter but like if we if the numbers were increased like I think that that would be gone you know what I mean it was almost like the year we got to the learning up and then a Saturday night you know fellas looking for tickets who's getting a ticket who's not getting a ticket you know and it's kind of omerta fashion then making sure fellas are looked after making sure sponsors are looked after and then there's fellas up in the field, and I don't know how, how it is in your club now, but in De La Salle, they all train together, the intermediates and seniors. So there could be, there could be an extended panel of 41, 42 guys, and they're all training together. So the, the, the boys in the management, the bull, the bull in them, they want to look after the lads that are, that are, you know, that are training all year, you know, in terms of the, the ticket allocation. And I'd say that's the same scenario in most clubs, you know? It is, yeah, definitely. But Dale, what I was going to say there was, I see, like, if, like obviously, it's race week in Galway this week, which is obviously major disappointing for the city, number one, and like, to, to have no will we, will, we, will we chance going up? We could, we could. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the boss man there is for local man in Naklang, right? Or he's uh, originated from Naklang. Oh, um, but what I was going to say is, Goodwood 
this weekend are letting 5,000 spectators 5, in to yeah. the races, right? So in the, in the UK, right? So if they're letting 5,000 in over there, you, you'll be kind of bringing that back home. Are we maybe a week or two away or three from 5,000, right? But how can it be as low as 200 and then maybe a move to something like a 5,000? Like surely, like certainly in most of the grounds and you've probably seen the Kamalak Napiershig game, like Napiershig, or, sorry, all around the Gaelic grounds, loads and loads of room spectators. So I hope that that will be sorted. Two things there before I move on. Number one, you left me down with Kilmele. Our double went down because Kamalak, uh, you left me down again. That's number one. And yeah. number two, <laughs> huh? Yeah, I know. I, I actually, first time during lockdown, I went out for a bit of food. And uh, a, couple the of points, a couple of points uh, out of the tap at last. And uh, the match was coming on. Uh, we had lovely screen in front of us there with the mic. So you, mean, you wouldn't turn on TG Cahar there. And there was a lad that I'm friendly with who would have an old betting account. And I says, uh, what price are Kilmallock there? Uh, no, I, and he says, uh, four to one there. Did, uh, stick on 20 there. I said, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, my, my Limerick expert. I says, uh, this is the chance for the shock of the first round in Limerick. So fair play to you. And Kimeli had a bloody penalty to go ahead against Kratta after being 2-7 to two points down. You know, like oh, I, was just, I was listening to that on the way back on, on Terra. Yeah. I was a good few lads. I kind of let down on that one. I thought that was one. But fairness to Cratlow, you know, even missing Carl McInerney and Conor McGrath wasn't fully fit, and Billy Connors is gone. She's there, there in the as a club, and they'll be coming out now first round football this week. You know, massive again, like they're same bunch of players as well. Like they're they're unreal. But what one, what's the other one you want to hit me the, with? No, the second one I was in was, was to make up for it, it should surely be good for a horse for the week in Galway. You surely have with all the connections and Clare there, there's surely <laughs> something coming up. So we can, come, we can come back to that in a while. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you want to go on to the game on Friday night. It was great to see on TG4, Kamalik and the Pearson. It was a great game to watch. Uh, two teams. And I suppose the Kamalik work rate, uh, especially in, in the forwards there in the second half, really came to the fore. Brilliantly led by Graham Mulcahy. Really, really Brilliant. at the peak of his powers. Got great scores. But there was one piece of skill, I'm not sure if you noticed during the game, where the midfielder, Kieran O'Connor, with just one hand, right? He just flicked the ball to Graham. Now, Graham was in the middle of the field and he nailed it, which made the move even better. But a brilliant piece of skill, just one hand to flick there and great score. But great win for Kamalak. Puts them in a good position because the way the championship is structured now, right, effectively, you'd be expecting the well to win their side of the group, right, which will send the Pearshig down that side of the draw, which lines things up nicely for Kimalak. So, all things I'd say being even, it should create a nice path for them to the final. I know they won't be agreeing with me today, but that's what you'll be thinking here in Limerick is that they'll go to the final and you'll have the well and the Pearshig on the other side. Okay, yeah, and, and yeah, and you're look at your dead right, Grant Chief Square McKay, he was inspirational, wasn't he? Like, he was, he was incredible. And I know Kieran O'Connor from my, from my time with the underage, a good lad, great pace, great, great skill, as you said, on, on the flick. But I, I tuned in as well on, on Thursday. I must say, some people were giving out about the various streamings from the county, and Claire got a bit of grief. I think there was a few gremlins. They got it right. I think eventually the Sunday game was perfect, you know. But, um, geez, I tuned in Thursday night there for um, the well and a dare. Jeez, and... and uh, a rip-roaring game as well. I thought, like, there's no... Adair were definitely going to win it. Like, you know, that Keane Lynch wasn't really in the game. Dermot Burns was struggling a bit on Hannon, but she is Galane again, like, the just nearly unstoppable up front. Like, you get 2-8 altogether, 2-4 from player, 2-6 from player, four, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, great goals. Like, weren't they? And oh, it's a yeah. great sign of a team as well. They just didn't seem to be going well. Adair hit 17 points in the first half. You'd be thinking they're five points up at half time, motoring nicely. But again, the well, good sign of a team, good sign of last year's champions. I said they found a way and, and, and got home. But as, sorry, Dela, isn't it fantastic that we're seeing all the club matches now? Like, because like we have been drowned out by the inter-county game over the last decade. And I'm looking at the pages in the examiner today, like there's over 20 pages of hurling and football from around Munster uh, on the papers today. And it's the first time that I must say in years that the club player is getting some bit of, I suppose, promotion and pictures. Like, you know, they're, they're definitely the back pep when it comes, when the inter-county stuff is in full flow. I think this is brilliant for the club, the club player and the club game. Yeah, it it sure is, and I'd say I'd say viewer numbers like the Limerick game. I think was six, eight quid. I think, but that would have entitled me to another game. I think as well. But um, the Thursday night one I bought um, 
I'd say, I'd say, if, I don't know when would the figures ever be released, Larry, so we'd know um, how many people would that be up to each county board? I wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, Taylor. Yeah, whether they will release them. We, we'll have the figures for our matches today. It'll be interesting to see what they were like over the two and um, compare them next week with the Hurling as well. Like, are like Cork the only county that's streaming the matches for free? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, as far as we know, yeah. Owen Cormacan has been, has been tabulating it over the last week and uh, yeah, I don't think there's anybody else. Now there's a lot of obviously unofficial streams around there like, but um, right, okay. of the official ones, I think so, yeah. That's because all the, mil- the millions you've kind of put away in the bank, Mark and Frank, has sorted you out for money. You don't need you don't need the revenue from those type of matches. I told you that but, last week. But, but sure, like we we don't have the Godfather in. <laughs> you have now who's got an imp- like the pocket is so deep there now, TJ. Like right, maybe maybe it's just, just JP. You need to get a winner for Ngalwin. That's not Dela. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see even new sponsor and stuff announced there for the current championships in Cork Massive. as well this week like I, so, yeah. uh, TJ brilliant like there's been three really good things I suppose out of Cork this, this week we've Band Secures have come on board and are sponsoring the football the co-op superstars have come on stream and are sponsoring the hurling and the Irish Examiner have, have agreed a three year deal with Cork GA to stream the matches hurling and football I think I think it's ma- but I, what I will say is I think there's a new brand coming in Cork right now. I think, you know, the Kevin O'Donovan, the Ronan DeWans, um, that generation have, have started to come in. Tracy obviously being the first female, uh, Tracy Kennedy being the first female chairperson in the county. There is a new brand, I think, coming in Cork. And, you know, the bands and the co-op superstar coming on, on stream is massive. But we also have an awful lot of sleeping joints in Cork. Like you have Apple, uh, Jemison, Pfizer's, Johnson & Johnson. You have international brands that are in Cork, and I think as time goes by with Cork, I think you know there's a huge amount of tradition in Cork and hurling and football. If we could uh, get one of those large sponsors on board with the county board, I, I think look Cork could could go anywhere. But we we have an awful lot of stuff to to correct us both from I suppose previous managements and stuff for that. Like and. Um, like we definitely have the numbers. Like I mean, when the hurling is starting next weekend, we have five grades from Premier, Senior, Senior A to Premier, Intermediate, Intermediate A and Intermediate B. Like that's massive numbers across what anyone is talking about. But I mean, that needs to come to the fore. We need, we have the numbers, but we need to start getting the Munster finals and All Ireland finals, and from a hurling perspective, definitely. And I think there's a big change coming down the road, um, TJ. Like. Okay, um, just after that party political broadcast on Corkness, uh, there from the Clare, Tipperary, Waterford, and Limerick point of view, we're all shit. We're all shitting ourselves here. After uh, this. Uh, 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 but hey, come here. You all know now, and I and I would be. The and I'd be, I'd be saying Waterford are a savage price at eleven to four to be a team monster. And particularly when you see Gleeson, Jamie Barron. Uh, Lines. We're going to get the poor mouth now as well as getting the other stuff. Like, <laughs> and we've got all the injuries in the cock. We're shagged on together. <laughs> I got out to 11 to 4. Jesus, dear, I could tell you. You want to be, hey, all the profit you took from Kilman on Friday night. I know what I've been doing, isn't it? And, and Mark, look at the head today, On an interesting, or, or on a serious note, what will be interesting is, is the time gap that Waterford will have to prepare as opposed to Cork. It's going to be very interesting yeah. in terms of, yeah. you know, I know I, I know Mark is playing it down there and saying, and, and Waterford are, are serious value at 11-4 to 4 to turn over Cork because, you know, you're talking about the Waterford Championship being concluded probably in Hurland Championship being concluded. probably They probably have a month of a, of a you know, in terms of a start on Cork, if you like. You know, now Cork will probably play that down. But I, I, I think I said this openly on, on one of the podcasts last year that I met two of the Cork boys last year in, in Man Point, I made this point last year. I say it was 11 days before they played tip, and they were only going back on the Tuesday night. They were genuinely had been with their clubs all the way through the Cork Championship. They hadn't been together in any capacity whatsoever, genuinely. And I said to myself, Jesus, Liam Sheedy and the boys are coming to Parky Queen now with Liam's first Championship game. You know, I just felt the preparation would, would catch up with, you know, with, with them. You know, and I know Cork have done that well traditionally, as, as have Phil Kenny. They've managed that two week period, but. It'd just be interesting to see how that materialises. I know it's a long way away, but there, like, there, there is no change whatsoever since last year to this year. I was talking to Shami Hannity during the week, he's related to me, and he swore to me blind uh, under no circumstances have they met, have they been together. And I don't know, has that been replicated in other counties? But I can only speak for Cork. And I said this last week Cork will play it by the rules. 
you know, they, they won't be meeting up and, and, and they're getting that from the top right down, Derek. And, um, you know, that's, that's no secret. And look, you're, you're on Exxon Ever, so we know exactly what's going on. We know that Liam Cahill has the boys out a couple of nights a week, like, you know. So, and, and, and they're playing accordingly. So, look, we, we'll, be, we'll be talking next week to see how the likes of Conor Lehane and all these fellas will. Patrick Horgan, they'll be live on the television RT on Sunday evening. So, We'll know a little bit more. A Saturday evening, we'll know a bit more about how Cork play, how the Cork and the inter-county fillers are going. And Mark, before we move away from Cork, right, um, the championship there, I see Emo Killy are short price favourites to win it again. Are yeah. we looking, like, I was going to say, is there any fancy you have there for the championship? Um, yeah. Middleton, Douglas, Glen Rovers, Sarsfields, is there, is there a threat? Do you see a change possibly coming? I, I do. Quickly, I do. This is quickly coming into a, a betting uh, podcast. Every week, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I suppose if 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 you were, um, if you were, um, I think McKilly will find it very hard anyway to put four in a row together. So if I was doing anything, I'd be laying in McKilly not to win the county. Um, if I had an outside fancy, I think two teams this year that are going to give it a serious rattle. Ben O'Connor is training Middleton, and I know the boys have taken to him like a duck to water. And they're, for the first time ever, they are really, really in good physical shape. Uh, they'll take a bit of their match against Sars on Friday night now, which is the first game of the championship, will be a very interesting one. Couldn't surprise me to see Middleton winning that one. But the real outside fences for the county this year will be Black Rock. Uh, they've been to the county final two years ago. Probably could have beaten him McKilly on a given day. They had six players due to go to America. Um, but the COVID has put a stop on that. The, the famous break for the students, for the college lads going away for three months. So that has been a big thing. And they're, they're the biggest, phys- most physical team we have in the county. And if any team is to take on McKilly, it'll be Black Rock this year. They're led by Fergal Ryan and, and, and uh, John Brown, who they got caught. They won the league last year. And they went up to Morn Abbey to play Newtown Chandram. And Tim O'Manley was on fire. And the week after the league final, said so they got caught. Unaware something, I don't think they'll get cut this year. They will be an outside fancy for me to each year this year. Very good. good. Yeah. And, and even in clear lads, you know, we're talking about, you know, Betty years and the six month visits, but my old outside fancy that I in a kill them on a Friday night, very, very impressive and, and, and made light work at Clooney Quinn, who were in the final two years ago. I think I think they're they could be the team there. And just on that, lads, I suppose we Ken Hogan last week and in fairness to him, he called it fairly bang on. I was the only one that got it wrong, TJ. But he said that Torless had yeah. really got their act together and he, and he, and he fancied them to, to beat Kilroan, who had been kind of threatening to make a breakthrough. And they, and they did that with a, a bit of a plum as well over the weekend. And also, the Tumivara and Boris Ali served it up, yeah. of course. No That's love right. lost uh, and uh, served up a cracker with, with I think, Joey McLaughlin uh, nailing a free late for Toom. For, for, a, for a draw there. Yeah, but, oh, I think he, you also mentioned that Owen Land was back in charge of Tumivara and that he, he would have them well tuned up and ready to go and, and, he, was, and he was spot on in, the, in that assessment. Like. Yeah, bang on. And I suppose that's, that's a long way to go. But uh, that's one of the funniest ones. I have to tell you this was, you were looking for something to, you know, I had streamed Airog and Ting at one o'clock and six, Airog and Six Mile Bridge. And then I was trying to see, we, our match was half six, so I was going to chance my arm and go into that. Uh, but then I was trying to, Colin Lynch is training Ross Gray. So, Ken pointed out to us last week how, I think it was Clonalty and Eroga Nakarty had come together to do a live Facebook stream. But obviously, Drummond Inch and Ross Gray had done the same in Templemore for their game. So, I just, I was rooting around the internet and next thing I picked up, Ross Gray and Drummond Inch live Facebook streaming and you know what they had was a commentator from each side <laughs> right that's they came together they obviously put up one of their characters each up on the pallet with the, with the, with the camera <laughs> and lads it was the nearest thing to F and Eddie all those years ago <laughs> I ever the, the saw turned into the bear I swear like Shami Cannon at one stage like they came from behind though Ross Gray had them in huge trouble and, and, and Lynch getting a good tune out of them would, would, you know, they wouldn't have many names that you'd know, like, but but Jimmy Cannon at one stage, anyway, did he take too many ste- steps or was he fouled, you know? And uh, 
Ah, it has to be a free address, says your man, for someone else. Just because he's saying he can't and hurling the year, my ass, says your man. How's he entitled to that free there? And, oh, lads, I tell you, there's all sorts of stuff happening at the moment uh, that's weird and wonderful. And uh, that was one of the ones that lit up my. I knocked about 25 minutes out of it. I just got into about half time, about five minutes after half time. And it was, it was just comedy stuff. Like, and it actually took a lucky enough. Shame, I miss hit free, and they had in Templemore they had one of these bits of Astro, you know, out along nearly to the 21, and there was such rain at the time, it just hit the Astro and skated into the roof of the net. Anyway, Taylor, you could, be on, you could be onto something there for either for Larry and the examiner, you know, that fan zone there on Sky Sports where you, you can just <laughs> yeah. hit, tap into the fans where they go mad. Like, can you imagine some of the, the real passionate? club supporters who just can see nothing only their own team and it's always a free to them it'd be some crack and some viewing I'd imagine wouldn't yeah. it yeah and the other thing with the live streaming lads um, with, with the no crowds there either right you, you the amount of language that's been used <laughs> 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 I tell you Mactara Mactara McDonica and um, who was Amadim who, who was the Colin Moore was it Colin Moore Colin Moore sorry uh, the two of them, when Joe, when Joe, and we'll come to that now, but when Joe, the ref went over to the lines and asked him, did he pull off Kevin Hines' helmet? Joe's let, like if it was Sky Sports, they'd have been apologising. <laughs> no, maybe the two boys were in Irish, but I couldn't understand it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but let's come into that, like, I mean, um, we don't want to stoss here, Joe Canning. And Dorky play, let's face it, over the years, I'd say he's been the victim of it more than uh, in a long way, percentage-wise, than, than but a, a straight red for Joe um, for supposedly pulling off uh, Kevin Hines' helmet. What did you make of it all? Thing? I, it smelt to me of a linesman playing God anyway, and I'm going to, I don't care who he is or what his name is, I'm going to make a statement here um, well it wasn't it wasn't the red card in Medilla for sure I, I did see it in television I saw the playback um, like you said Joe's now a dirty player but irrespective of whether he is or he wasn't it's a wrong call it will be rescinded this week he clearly didn't pull the helmet off there was a bit of a tangle there like it was a 50-50 like, looked like to me it was if Kevin Hines had a hold of Joe's hand and he just pulled him in which you see plenty of and the two of them went to the ground my problem with the referees and it's a bit of a it's a bit of an issue because we had a game last week under 21 where a goal was given and the, the umpire wasn't sure but he gave the goal. I think in the case of a red card or those type of decisions, I think the linesman or the referee has to be fully sure. You can't go on any bit of assumption or you think what happened or you saw a helmet coming off. You have to clearly have seen that helmet being pulled off and that for me has got to be key going forward. I've seen too many decisions. Like, we turn around, you see a fella hitting the ground. You can't automatically assume, Dale, that you just swung and hit a fella, right? You have to basically have seen it in order to be able to give a fella a straight red. Yeah, well, like we're seeing it the whole time, I'd say, even on Sky Sports, you know, where they're using VAR and even they're getting it wrong and we have these uh, retired referees coming in assessing the ref's performance. But, geez, that was, like, the match was one sixteen to 16 points at the time and within... Within about two minutes, then his nephew was sent off for interfering with the helmet. Uh, again, I think he got a second yellow, maybe now, uh, Jack Kenning. No, straight, straight red, red as well, was it, Mark? Maybe now, yeah. Straight um, red again, yeah. yeah. Okay. But then they got hockey then because the 13 men obviously. Did you? Oh, would you believe I, 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 um, I streamed the Mount Sinai Clan A match in yesterday and then I turned on, there was football on TG Car and then I went into the mothers to get a bit of dinner on Sunday and when I was in there, I saw the first half. Now, I did see. Not incidents, but I, Kevin Hines and Joe were very... Kevin Hines was really tight marking, I found, on, on Joe yesterday. He was really, you know, not niggly now, but there was certainly an... Ex, you know, they were going at it like any two players would. I'd say it was detailed to kind of keep Joe as quiet as possible, if you like. But I actually missed the incident in case, in, in point, and I haven't seen it back. But um, on the helmets, it's just the anomaly around the helmets, Anthony. As I well know, Ty the Burke quarter-final of 17. You know, we, we were up and down the Croke Parkway all the way to DRA over a helmet. You know, over deliberate, actually written in the referee's report, was deliberate pulling of the helmet, you know. And we were arguing, as was Harry Keogh from Exford, that it was dislodged within the tackle, you know. So you have fellas not loosening helmets, but you have fellas that you often see even during games, more often than not, fellas are fixing their helmets to make sure they have it as tight as possible. If they get dislodged in any way, there's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just, just a resource, so much of a grey area around <laughs> dislodging of the helmets. But for, for me, there's nobody deliberately pulling off 
a helmet. You know what I mean? And, and if you can't if you can't prove that, well then it's no Ray Clark. You know, it's as simple as you know. If a fella has a kind of a a shamazel or or they have a set to you and the helmet dislodges in the middle of that kind of fracas, if you like, that's that's a different scenario than someone deliberately grabbing a helmet and pulling the helmet off someone in terms of you know gamesmanship. So um. Yeah, it's, it's just so, so much grey around the helmet in many ways. When you all didn't wear helmets, you be kind of nearly to to us to us kind of you know it was a different scenario then. But it's um it seems to be popping up a little bit more over the last since we came back in terms of the you know people looking for not for advantage but for just a debate in the area, I suppose. Yeah, but, and and just to add to the point, I suppose, Dale, is that like you mentioned there that you can hear everything live in the television now because there's no crowd there, and the amount of fellas that were roaring from the sideline, the helmet, the helmet, the helmet. Yeah. I mean, it's just too, like, they're putting undue pressure on linesmen and referees and umpires as well to make a decision. And, and we've, we're always complaining on whatever form of media you're on that, oh, the umpires and the linesmen aren't giving the referees enough help and stuff for that. So, you know, I, I know that the umpire, sorry, the linesmen had a big part to play in the, the sending off of Joe Canning yesterday. And... Um, so I go back to the Ireland final last year. We had to see the incident between Cahal Barrett and Richie Hogan four times before we actually saw the elbow getting him on the kisser, like, you know. And, like, we saw that with video um, analysis that was slowed down. And you still had fellas that said, oh, it was, it was a sending off. It wasn't a sending off. So I, I think in a split sec- second yesterday, you may have had a linesman that just said, look, yeah, I think he, I think he did take off his helmet. But I think TJ's right and Derek is right about this. Unless you actually physically see the helmet being tampered with or being dragged off of a player, you don't issue a yellow or red card to the player. It does get this large very easy. There's no point in saying otherwise. But I, I, I just, that ump linesman had only one, he only saw that for one incident yesterday in a split second. And it is so, in the whole emotion of the thing, you get it wrong, lads. They get it wrong. You know? So, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to have a scenario where supporters outside the wire are not going to start shouting to try and get an advantage for their team. Like, you know, but the linesman has to be... And, and that was gas. Like, that's probably in contrast. I, I, I thought about that last night as well, actually, because I think uh, last year, some of the RTE people anyway were able to be able to hear James Owen's mic piece and that Johnny Murphy was doing the line from Limerick at the time, and he felt that maybe Carl Barrett was making a meal of it. But James Owens took his time, now, whether he was getting water or something, but he took his time and, and then gave the red card, you know, and that, was, and that was probably getting different advice from the linesman. So it's just, uh, you'd wonder how many Zoom calls between refs and stuff was going on over the lockdown about uh, what way rules are going to be enforced. I think Johnny, Johnny Murphy was telling me recently the other day they talk, I think, every Thursday, I think, the referees to try and make sure that they're, they're doing things right. But a red card, or a straight red card in a hurling game now is just a massive call. The way teams use possession, if you're a man down now, they just will hurt you. And I just think going forward, even looking forward to the inter-county scene, right, that for any red cards to be given, I think there has to be a huge degree of certainty that you know for certain that the player did wrong and then he gets his red card like we don't want to see any tackles that are just not right but in fairness we don't want the physicality and the manliness to go either so but we need the referees to play their part and what Mark is saying there about people roaring like people roaring in over the wire like we, we all get that I mean that's part and parcel of it you just have to get used to it like what you're looking for here is the linesmen the referees and the umpires just do your job like mm-hmm. the linesman had a job to do and as far as I'm concerned he got it wrong and it was a wrong call and it was a big call and a big bearing in the match now maybe Sars would have still won but it was a big it was a big it was a turning point on the 50th minute three points down like with Joe Canning on the pitch we all know what Joe's capable of yeah and he had just actually soloed through which is an amazing run and a shot that yeah. literally went nearly killed the umpire nearly killed the umpire yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's uh, great stuff as usual and um, just Thanks to Derek for joining us today. Uh, we, we look forward maybe to having you later on the year there um, when the bigger stuff comes into play. Well, we won't call it the bigger stuff this year, no, because we're loving this club stuff. And, uh, <coughs> yeah, you know, we wish you the best. So look at the weekend as well, uh, obviously. Uh, just just get it up to Chinner as quick as you can and let yeah. him off on this solar <laughs> run. That he, solar run for the first goal in the last... Stay he got me. Oh, Jesus. I wouldn't like to have been coming out to meet him from Connor Beck anyway, I tell you. But... Um, <laughs> 
the main thing, lads, anyway, to take from today is that the Cork Championship is starting this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, is, there are six I, or seven or eight divisions, and it will be the stuff of epics all together. Yeah. And go down to the bookies and the mind the Galway and have your shirt on BlackRock to win it out. Yeah. They're about 12 to 1. Dale, before you go, can I just refer to your piece in the paper this morning? Obviously, you oh. must have got great schooling. So, um, re- re- really, really great story. And I suppose just to get uh, the, the insight into what went on into a crazy year, I, w- I would love to see the movie, all right, in 1998. It was a mad time. And I suppose that, that bit of madness that was brought to the championship. But uh, certainly, certainly good reading this morning. But I'm impressed by your writing. That's what I'm trying to say here. Ah, yeah, yeah. It was COVID, I suppose. And we had to go backwards <laughs> rather than anything current. So we had to look back. And I was always saying that, like, at, you nearly need a two-parter for 98. Anyway, you know. And I mean, I'm not even mentioning the final. We're awfully <laughs> winning. And Brian, Brian Whelan having the flu and going up full forward. I'm not, I'm not even mentioning that. or You know, but it's just from our point of view. Lads, the madness and the every single day. And that time I did sports shop in O'Connell Street, like, and people were coming in in droves, not buying anything now. They, <laughs> they were just coming in. And I used, I had a bit of an office upstairs. I used to be above hiding in the office in case they wanted to talk about this or what was said here and what. And I, jeez, I, I remember when Lucknan did that state, state of the nation speech on Claire FM with Colin O'Connor. Colin was with Claire FM at the time, now of the examiner, obviously. We used to go for the tea break across to the Diamond Bar opposite the shop and a load of us used to meet there in the morning. And there might be 11, 12 and there could be a few drinking a couple of pints and a couple eating sandwiches around the place and could be 20, 25 in there, you know. You could hear a pin drop like to know what he was going to say, where, where we were at and what we were at and what we were going doing. And, oh, stop with you. It was just um, the weirdest year. But, you know, great old memories out of it as well. It isn't all about winning either, is it? You know, it, oh. it, it's, it's about been involved in something that was magical and mad and, and, and absolutely uh, was the year that will never be forgotten anyway but some of the, some did of you, the stuff did, did you ever meet Jimmy Cooney since then? I did I did and, and we'd have a great we'd have a great way with the Coonies and Sars TJ for all the world now not so much now but back in the 90s where we were probably <clears> strong <throat> and clear and of course they were really they good were strong, with the Coonies yeah. and Hopper and all um we used to go up to them every year and they'd come down to us the following year, if you know what I mean? And yeah. of course, they'd turn into a few pints as well. And they were one of the only Galway clubs we didn't have rows with. Because as you know, <laughs> Galway club hurling at times can be fairly saucy. But Sars and ourselves got on great. And yeah, like, as I said this morning, I had not, the, the timekeeping was a mistake, like, which yeah. no more than myself playing wing back made mistakes on the day. But I mean, not to send off Digger Oh, it'd be great friends with Digger <laughs> for hitting 40, like, because Jimmy's reason for that was, ah, Claire, we're 11 points up, like, to the ruined it all together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus was not Ireland semi final. So, but that was just the humanity breaking out in Jimmy, I think. You know, like, it was, ah, we'd make an old game of it anyway, like, you know, so, yeah. ah, no, look, sir. It was great. It was great. It was. But great. Dale, yeah, he, he 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 was the fall guy in the whole thing, didn't I? Because I don't think Jimmy Cooney put a whistle back in his mouth after that. I think he actually came back and refed one game just to say that that didn't finish him. Right. Okay. Might be only, only a club game, but he didn't know. He was awful shook. I mean, I read his account to that afterwards, where you know, even he he stayed in the dressing room for something like two and a half hours afterwards. That must be awful. You know. Yeah, oh Jesus, like that night in Dublin, lads, only for the couple of points in the Burlington. And then reporters at the time used to nearly have access to lads, you know. And they knew we were in the Burlington as well. And I remember five or six reporters coming in and they sniffing over around myself and Baker and two, we were having a couple of points together. And well, what'll happen, lads? We were asking them, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And she couldn't be a replay, so I said, the referee's decision is final. And then Martin Brand, he sent me, I remember, I know there is a rule there, all right, Ella. He said that, uh, if if the time is not completed, you know, it's kind of so. Yeah, it was getting nearer and nearer all the time that there was going to be a replay. And, but the big thing we shouldn't have agreed to the replay the following day until we got out of Dublin. We should have got out of Dublin and got home and cocooned ourselves in clear and said, "Well, we'll have a chat about it during the week, and we might play in a week or two. But sure, if you want to play the All Ireland without us, you can. You know, I think that was the mistake we made." Overall, but sure, at the time we thought we were nearly invincible, like so. You know, <laughs> anyway, 
you learn quickly. There's no one invincible. <laughs> and in fairness, Anthony, there's a lovely bit of perspective, you know, with the, with the dead your brother that year. You know, in terms yeah. of dominating the whole year, I think what you said about the journey, or even you know, not not about winning. I think that gave it a great balance. You know, there's there's, yeah. there's madness in the article. There's excitement in the article. There's there's a kind of insight into the article. But there's also a good bit of lovely perspective there at the end in terms of your own brother. You know. Yeah, I tell you, and we we had travelled. Dublin, myself, my mate Ty Collins, and open course we did the whole circuit and Leeson Street, and uh, had gone back to the hotel, and we were in bed, and and uh, mobile phones were just about there at the time, but mine was ringing away anyway, you know, the big hand grenade ones, and yeah. it was my brother Martin, and he said, "Come home," he said, "Pascal is dead," like, forty-year-old guy, like, and you know, you just, I, I put down, I, I just hung up, and I was lying there for about a minute, and I, I remember ringing him back. The house phone and one of my sisters answered the house phone because obviously they'd all gathered at home and she was in bits and that's when it hit me and I remember having to go over and knock on Tyg's door and say, here, let's go back home and, and, and uh, I remember saying to him around Ross Grey on the old Dublin road at uh, that time, Carl, slow down a bit will you because bad enough, poor old Packy being gone, but the two of us will be gone in a minute because the race he was taking corners and passing out cars, you know, but look, yeah, it did, Derek and, and you know what he used to do he was based in London, and for the Munster finals, the Iron finals, maybe the semis, he used to come home and stay with the mother in the house, and it would have happened to him anyway, I think, because the autopsy. So, I mean, we can imagine the scenario being gone off to Dublin and, and, and hearing that, you know, put it all in. Yeah. Life, is, li- life is, is funny, isn't it? It's, it's much bigger than all this, you know. That's, that's, it. So, that's great stuff as always. Uh, pleasure. And um, looking forward to seeing all these games from Cork over the weekend and, and the quality <laughs> and the... Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to say to all Middleton club people out there, lads, I, w- I would have seen you over the last few years and you looked fit to me. But Mark Landers is saying now that you're for the first time in years, you're fit. So, let's <laughs> look at that. Hello. Avoid the Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.